Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the sky above us today. I made it. We made it through Mercury retrograde this morning at 56 minutes after midnight West Coast time. It's thundering and lightning here. Oh my gosh. We hardly ever get thunder, but now it's thundering. My cat just freaked out behind me. Anyway, so Mercury, maybe he's like, you know, shaking the, the heavens above us so that we'll wake up. Uh, so luckily this morning I was able to connect. It was interesting because I had no clue what was going on. And on Wednesday when I was trying to connect with Tam, the internet was fine. It said it was fine. All my equipment was working, um, but we just couldn't get me to be able to broadcast out there. And I ended up calling, you know, the cable company. They were able to come out yesterday and literally there wasn't anything ma major going on with the equipment. It just had to be sort of tweaked. And uh, I guess I had my, my uh, T-Mobile booster plugged into the back of the modem. And so they were fighting for uh, the IP address. And so they quickly fixed that. I said, I don't know why it hasn't been a problem before now, but whatever, it's now fixed. They put in a specific splitter so that the signals didn't get crossed. And now presumably I have a smooth um, <laughs> experience. Interesting to find out that there's a problem during Mercury's last day of retrograde and then, or second to the last day, and then having it fixed the last day of the retrograde. So it is all working now, but we have a lot to catch up on that means because everything that I wanted to share with you on Wednesday, um, I did share on Wednesday evening on Angel Heart Radio, but uh, I don't know that much of you, many of you get to listen to that because it comes on later in the day. Uh, so we're going to talk about June in the broader sense. Today, we're going to talk about what's going on for this weekend. And I also am going to talk about some significant things that are happening uh, for all of us over the next couple of weeks, but also the next several months. So we've got a lot to get to. Uh, I see Tom has joined us this morning. So happy birthday to Tom. Everybody wish him a happy uh, solar return or happy birthday. He is uh, excited about his birthday, I'm sure. He, <laughs> he bought himself a birthday present. I can't wait to find out what it is because he doesn't want to tell us until he actually has it. Uh, but happy birthday to you, Tom. It's so good to see you here, especially since I happened to be up late last night and received an email from you. Uh, when I know it had to have been like two in the morning for you. So you were up late and here you are joining us this morning. First thing, it's good to have you. Uh, let's see, Christine, good morning to you. JLo, hello. Erica, good morning. And Gayla, hello to you. Corey, good morning to you. And Debbie, of course, I saw you first thing this morning. Hello. And Pam Zaruba, uh, good morning to you and everybody else who's joining us out there this morning from behind the scenes. Good morning and welcome. So let's start off with what is happening. We'll kind of go in reverse order. Let's do the day, then we'll do the weekend, and then we'll do the bigger picture of June and some of the major events happening in the month of June. So today being June 3rd, we are at the last moment. We, we finished Mercury in retrograde and yay for that. Now we do have a couple of weeks worth of the shadow because Mercury right now has made it, he's at 26 degrees, five seconds or five minutes, excuse me, of Taurus. So those of you who are my late degree Tauruses, you have Mercury changing direction right about where the sun might be in your natal chart, which means that this is pretty much profound for some of you as it may be changing up the energy about what you're thinking about doing or about what you think about in general, or about what you're talking about. And now he will move forward. He'll pick up steam very slowly. And by about three weeks from now, we'll have cleared the retrograde zone. And that will happen when he gets beyond four degrees of Gemini, which is the degree where he turned retrograde in the first place. 
So Tom, for you, because it's your birthday and Mercury is turning retrograde on your birth or turning direct, excuse me, on your birthday, that is impactful for you for the entire year. So this might be a year of new beginnings for you in some way. Uh, and here's something interesting. I found this chart, Tom, for you and me and everybody else who has birthdays. Uh, this is called a perfections worksheet, annual perfections. And what a perfection is, is basically the impact that the sun is going to have on the various houses of the chart. So there's like one specific house that is going to be impacted the most for you for the year and based on your age, right? And for Tom and for me later in the month, we are going to be impacted for the entire year by the second house, which is the house of finances or money that you earn and also uh, your values and how you live by your values, but also how you value yourself, your self-worth, your self-esteem, your self-confidence, all of those selves come into play uh, in terms of how you attract resources in this year for you, Tom. And isn't it interesting that you've started working since you made the move to Ottawa? So I just find that, you know, and this is actually because your birthday doesn't happen in a vacuum. It does happen on that day, right? That you have your birthday today, but it, this has been in the works for the last three months, right? So it's always like three months before your birthday, you start to feel the changes coming and then it's your birthday. And then, you know, even for a couple of months afterwards, you feel the impact of the changes that are happening in your life. So this is something that, you know, will happen for you and un be kind of revealed or unveiled for you, Tom, over these next couple of months. In fact, uh, already in play based on what I already know about what's going on in your life. So happy birthday to you. Happy second house focus for the year until your next birthday. And at that point, then it just goes around the wheel. So it would be the third house, etc. So, and but by the way, that's a repeat of energies that have gone on through your life. It happened when you turned one year old. Of course, I'm not sure, you know, how that would have played out financially. When you were 13, 25, 37, 49, and now 61. And it kind of stops there. So uh, I would have to figure out what the next things, you know, what would be 72, 73. So anyway, that's just kind of fun to look at and give you some idea of what the focus might be besides where the sun is, of course, in your chart and the focus it brings for you. All right. So let's talk about the moon for the weekend. The weekend is a moon in Leo, one of my favorite positions for the moon to be in during a weekend as Leo has that fun, a creative and festive sort of feel to it when the moon is there. However, we have the void, of course, moon that we have to get through first, and that occurs from 8.15 this morning, my time, until 11.39 this morning, my time. After that, then the moon will move out of Cancer, where it is at the moment, and into the sign of Leo, and then the weekend begins, right? Let the weekend begin at 11.39 a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the light of Leo. What is the highest expression of our energy of the moon in Leo? First thing that came to my mind was confidence. And the second thing that came to my mind was generosity. So confidence in yourself and in whatever it is that you're doing and how you're proceeding in your life. Generosity of spirit is one of the, the best things about Leos, right? They are they give generously, they live out loud, and they give and they are also willing to receive. So when they are working in the light, it is a wonderful sight to see how the giving and the receiving uh, goes uh, takes place in their lives. They are humble beings in that respect, loyal to a fault. It is a fixed sign. So there is a steadfastness about them. It is a uh, fixed fire. So they can have fixed passions or they can stay the course in things that excite them or in the dramas and traumas in their life, even if that is the case. Um, they're kind and charismatic people. So while the weekend is with the moon in Leo, we might find ourselves interacting with more people and finding ourselves in that interaction in a much uh, more fun and lighthearted way. 
Uh, it is a sign when the moon is here that tends to build people up, right? It tends to kind of elevate people, you know, like the confidence that the, the Leo moon is giving us um, builds up and then proceeds out of us where we become, you know, consummate uh, people builders, right? Giving other people of our confidence. And it is warm and inspiring energy, creative, of course, even artistry is in, engaged here because we're talking fire and fire is a creative energy. And we could say that in this case, the light, the, the light of Leo inspires my light. So we are being inspired and we are inspiring one another this weekend. But of course, we always have to look at the shadow side, <coughs> excuse me, of everything that we're doing. The shadows of Leo are self-involvement. I could have gone with self-centered or selfish. Self-centered to me is more positive than negative. So I didn't want to go there. So I, I guess you could take self-centeredness to the nth degree. And that might be where the shadow is. But let's look at it as narcissistic, right? That would be the, the profound negative energy of the moon in Leo for the weekend. Or having to deal with arrogant or dominant types of people. Uh, even within yourself, finding, you know, that part of you that is in resonance with that shadow. Um, they often, the, the shadow of Leo can often have an inflated sense of ego or even a suppressed sense of ego that gives them sort of that inferiority or, in, or superiority complex. They can become purposeless and cut off from their creativity. And then they can become tyrants, right? Demanding and commanding uh, things to happen in their lives or people to do their bidding uh, instead of that generosity that leads by example. Uh, in this case, the shadow kind of says others need to fail so that I can succeed. So I'm, you know, instead of working to my own good and, you know, shoring up myself and others, I'm kind of undermining other people, maybe even from behind the scenes, working against them instead of working for them, or even worse, working towards something on the outer realm, but inside I'm sabotaging myself, right? So that is a part of the Leo moon. But for the most part, for the weekend, the moon in Leo brings us that much more festive or, um, you know, the vacation mind or the ability to play more. So it's a weekend for play, right? It's a weekend to get out. Of course, if it's thundering and lightning like it is here at the moment, probably not so good. But maybe that'll clear the air here and we'll finally get some sunshine and we can hang outside for a couple of days. Uh, now. If we look at the rest of what is happening for the weekend, it is, there's big news this weekend, right? First of all, today, I always consider Friday the weekend and Mercury turning direct today at 26 degrees, five minutes of Taurus. And we also have the beginning of a new human design week today. Actually, it was yesterday, but it's first day that I've gotten to talk to you about it. So we are in a new human design week. And as well on Thursday, which we did not get to talk about uh, on Wednesday to prepare you for it, is that Jupiter is moved into the gate 17 in our human design, and he will be there for the long haul. He does not leave that gate until September 25th. So for the entire summer, we are going to be working with the energy of Jupiter at the gate 17. I will break that down for us in more complete terms as uh, we move on this morning. But just know that that's kind of unusual, but it's because he's moved into the gate newly just yesterday and then will turn retrograde later this month or in July. And then that puts him in that gate for an extended period of time. So then we have to wait until September before he clears that gate. And that means we're going to be focusing for a long term on the issues of that gate, which is called the gate of anticipation in quantum human design. In more traditional human design, it is called the gate of opinions. And in that gate, we have a lot of logic and we have a lot of need to have things proved to us before we move on. So we're going to want to look at how do we make that work for us, right? How do we make that work for us? 
Um, Saturday, tomorrow, Saturn, Saturn named for Saturday or Saturday named for Saturn turns retrograde. Now, Saturn in retrograde happens and that spends probably four and a half to five months, depending on what sign he's in, in retrograde. So it's not like Mercury that goes in, wobbles around, stirs things up and then leaves. And then we have to contend with whatever the aftermath is. No, Saturn goes in and churns more slowly, changing up the energy of what the lessons are that he's been bringing to us. And then we have a longer period of time to work it through before he goes back to direct motion. So he is turning retrograde at 25 degrees, 18 minutes of Aquarius. Now that puts, um, that puts him in an interesting connection as he turns retrograde with, with Mercury changing to direct, right? So we have them in uh, what we would say is a, a, a square Taurus to Aquarius energy is squaring. Um, and uh, although that square is going to shift, right, it's not going to be there for all that long as Mercury is going to pick up speed and move beyond that. We begin Saturn's retrograde with a square to Mercury, which is the mind and communication. So we might have some difficulty um, as we we learn to speak about different things or how we are thinking about different things. And so I would expect that there is going to be some some interesting things that are happening for people in the world, even over the course of the summer and on into uh, early, early fall for us. Anyway, if you're down under, then through your winter and entering into your early spring. So be watchful for this. And we're going to break that down a little bit more in just a bit. Uh, but know that Saturn in retrograde has a karmic influence about it, right? It, it, it shows us where we've done really well. And it also shows us where we haven't done so well. So we, we have a couple of things to merge through with that. Uh, and then uh, let's see the gates that Saturn is retrograding through are primarily in the emotional center, the solar plexus. So we have the gate 30 where Saturn has been for the last several weeks and he will stay in that gate for a bit. And then he will move in retrograde backward to the gate 49, the gate of revolution. So we saw a lot of that revolutionary energy over the first parts of the year while Saturn sitting there uh, earlier in, in 2022. And then just as he ends his retrograde cycle, he'll move back into the gate 13. So the gate 13 in our human design is about storytelling, the narrative that we are telling, right? What's the soul narrative? Because it's on the soul center and it's moving up to the throat. So I, you know, just looking at that, I went, hmm, okay, so we're telling a new tale, right? We're rewriting a story. We're rewriting a narrative. And it has to be one that comes from emotional intelligence, not from emotional reactions. So we're going to break that down just a little bit. Uh, okay, so questions or comments. Let's see. Every, I see a lot of comments going by here. Uh, Asa, it's good to see you out there this morning. And uh, J-Lo, thanks for that great reminder. Please take a moment to hit the like button. If you are on Facebook, remember right now, <clears throat> actually, some of you may not know because I haven't been on air to tell you this, but if you're following my Living Astrology Facebook page, Living Astrology on Facebook, and you like a post or you share a post, or you go over to my YouTube channel and thumbs up or subscribe to the channel, you're gaining access as an entry into receiving a free reading. And I will draw uh, names from that pool of people's likes and shares. And so for everyone, you're getting an entry, right? So if you like, you get an entry. If you share it, you get an entry. And if you go to YouTube and like or subscribe, I'm going to find out about it and you're going to get entry into uh, the drawing for a free reading of your choice. And that drawing is going to be on June 17th. So June 17th, we'll draw. So from now until then, go to the page, do some liking, do some subscribing on YouTube and thumbs up counts on YouTube as well. 
and in Facebook, it is the like. So I know some of you are watching me this morning. Most of you look like you're watching from YouTube. Uh, so if you're on YouTube and you're seeing this later after the broadcast, go on over to Facebook, Living Astrology Facebook page, like the post for the video or like the post that tells you about entering into get the free reading. And it doesn't matter if you've had a reading with me before, because I have many different types of readings and you could win a free reading. So thank you for that. And uh, let's see, there was something else I was going to say about this this morning. Enter the drawing, hit the thumbs up button and share, uh, subscribe. Okay, I think I've covered it. I don't think there's anything else I needed to say about that. Okay. And uh, so thank you, JLo, for that. Christine uh, says, there are quiet, confident, kind Leos like my brother too. Exactly. Right. Leo has a huge heart. In fact, in the human body, Leo's correspondence is to the heart as well as to the spine. So on one hand, we have structure, right? The spine gives our body structure. Without it, we we couldn't stand up, right? Our spine gives us the ability to stand upright and to have that um, structure, right? The soundness of the body. But also, we don't live without a heart. So Leo also rules the heart. And any issues around heart or back can have a correlation to where Leo is in your chart. So what kinds of things are happening around Leo issues in your life? And we can see that sometimes through where Leo is by house in your chart. So in my chart, for example, I have Leo on the second house. And I remember so clearly there was a time a few several years back, like 2003, uh, where I was just beginning my metaphysical journey as a business and I was planning a fair, like a metaphysical fair. And it was big. We were going big. We in true Leo fashion, we were going big. And I had such financial concerns about doing it because if it failed, it was coming from my personal finances because the business wasn't self-supporting yet. So I was way out there on a limb. And what did I do? I injured my lower back right before we were due to do the fair. And uh, I was down for a week. I couldn't move my lower back and the lower back are about is about financial concerns. Second house Leo energy in my chart and second house concerns at that point in my life. And at the time it happened, the moon was transiting through Leo. So we can see sometimes these correlations, they're not one-to-one, -one, right? So I'm not saying that everybody who has a, had a heart attack or anybody who's hurt their back has a Leo issue, but it's the potential place to start looking, right? Are you lacking self-confidence and self-esteem? If it's, you know, whatever house it's in, um, it may be issues around that house that are creating a feel for you of not being confident or of not being generous or not receiving enough, right? So all of these different things kind of add up. Uh, but you're right, Christine, there are definitely wonderful, confident, kind Leos. I have a son that is like that. And uh, let's see, any other questions? <laughs> Good morning, Kajella. It's great to see you. Uh, so I don't think I see any other questions. I might have missed one. If so, then please hit it up again. Tom, Question with Saturn retrograde, is it a better time to do a self-inventory? Shadow work, definitely, definitely, definitely. And Barbara Doughton, good morning to you. Sounds like a lot of time for reflection, but what could this time Saturn retrograde set us up for when it is complete? We're going to talk about that and in just a minute here, Barbara. So that is a great question and a great way to lead into some of the big energies that I want to talk about for the month of June. Now, June is not as chaotic as May was for all of us. So many things were happening in May. Uh, different planets changing signs, Mars changing signs, the eclipses, all of these things that really had an impact on our lives so much sort of in a, you know sort of chaotic ways um for june it is almost like now we're taking up shadows right we're taking up shadow energy i woke up uh wednesday morning so this would have been from a tuesday night going to sleep and dreaming or waking up on wednesday morning with this uh absolute clarity about shadows and i had prepared the entire show for wednesday 
for me to focus on the shadows of June, for Tam to focus on the more uh, uh, the astrology changes for June, and then the whole broadcast blew up. So I didn't even get to talk about this. So today I want to talk about that shadow time. It's not that we are going into a collective shadow time like we do in the Pleiadian Earth calendar or the astrology of that. This is more personalized for us and, and also harder to put a finger on, right? So you might have to do your own discovery on what shadows are showing up for you. But I'm going to give you some indications of where to look because it's kind it's in our faces, but it's also more personalized. So it's harder to say all of y'all are going to be feeling it this way or all of you all are going to be feeling it that way because it's not going to work that way, right? It's going to work more personally. So here's where knowing your own charts comes in handy, right? If you, you've got to know yourself a bit in order to make this really understandable. So the first shadow that I want to deal with is Jupiter moving into the gate 17. I didn't even realize until this morning how long that planet was going to be there, right? That, that length of time uh, says a lot about what it is that we're going to be focusing on. And he's going to be sitting at the gate 17. And this is because, you know, in, in the gate 17, that's an Aries gate. So in astro design, we're marrying the energy of Aries. So the more youthful, exuberant, action-oriented, confident energy, bold, yet somewhat innocent and sometimes a little naive, that kind of energy with the human design gate 17, which in the gene keys takes us into omniscience. That's the highest expression of that gate is being able to see things from the highest perch available, which is from, for us here, the eyes through the eyes of spirit or through the eyes of God or source, whatever term you want to put there. In the gift level, this gives us farsightedness where if we're able to use this energy wisely, we can see into the future, right? It's future facing. And in the lowest expression, it is the gate of opinions, where we take in information, we take it and we turn it into fact. And then without any testing or without any proof, or without understanding that information is just information. It isn't true or false until you apply true or false to it. And in that case, what we end up with is judgment, right? So this gate can really teach us a lot about judgment and being judged ourselves, but also the judgment that we put out there on our, uh, on our own, right? How we judge ourselves, but how we judge uh, what's going on in the world, how we judge the interactions we have with people on a daily basis. It is a gate of logic. So we have the preference of looking at things through the mind. It sits on the Ajna. The Ajna is the second center down in your human design chart. And if you have that center defined, that would mean it's colored in green and you have a definite way of thinking right? You have certainty, you believe whatever it is that you believe, and it's kind of immovable, right? There would be a lot of, you would have to take in a lot of new information in order to shake you away from what you believe to be truth. So now with this gate, you might have to really relax your, your certainty around how you think things are so that you can see things from a higher position from a higher perspective. For those of us who have it open, the Ajna, that is the second center down, it would be white. Now you have a hanging gate there and a channel defined that is bringing you more and more of what you think is certainty that isn't really certain. So for the way that your human design chart is set up, you really want to take a look at what's in your mind. What are you in stinking thinking? Do you, are you in a stuck mindset where you, you just can't see the bigger picture because Jupiter is the planet here. Jupiter sees the bigger picture, right? So we want, we're really addressing our ability to see things from the higher perspective to evolve and grow our consciousness and to move beyond those stuck places that we've found ourselves in ideologically uh the from different you know groups that we've been involved with from uh the noise 
uh, of the world, of the noise of the news feeds, etc. Now, logic has been the predominant energy on the planet <clears throat> since about the, the dawning of the scientific age. So it takes us back into the 1600s when, you know, science started taking over from religion or spirituality. And this has led us away from using our intuition and interconnectedness with one another. It's led us down a road of really standing on our own or seeing things from our own perspective, not necessarily looking at how everything is interweaved or how we all interconnect. So the shadow here is um, about how have we you know, removed ourselves from the flow of nature? How have we removed ourselves from the flow of information because we've only come down on this. This is the only truth there is. So we are, if we're looking at the shadow energy, then seeing more narrow aspects of, of the whole rather than the bigger part. So while I'm focusing on the shadow, you can also just say, okay, so the bigger, uh, the, the non-shadow would be for us to see the bigger picture, right? Um, the tendency that we will have, at least for this time period, is to be biased by our own opinions. And then we filter everything that comes in through that bias, right? Whether it's a bias or a, uh, that is a life experience that we've had or a thought that we had or a belief that we've had. So we're filtering everything through these opinions, if you will. Now, again, this is going on through September 25th. Seeing opinions as truth and then living narratives based on a truth that may or may not even be true. And we could also, instead of creating new things like that, it could be that we're experiencing the effects of having had that as our experience, right? Um, so for example, I'm gonna give you a great example. Something happens, you know, you're you're starting something new and you're all excited about it. And, you know, you're moving forward fearlessly, you think, because this is Aries energy, until something happens or somebody says something that enters, that brings in self-doubt. Or maybe you have the gate 63 defined and self-doubt is always there, perhaps, in the background, just waiting for something to match the picture of it. And then you choose to shut yourself down based on a belief that might not even be true, right? It could be so destructive, so destructive. So it's not just the negative opinions that we might have or the negative thoughts that we have about the world at large, but even how we personally are taking in who we are, what we're doing, and how we're going to choose to move forward. So change the narrative, right? That's the antidote. Using the power of your mind to explore possibilities now, instead of breaking it all down and just believing it can only be this way, that this is the only way, the truth, this is the only thing it can be, right? So we want to think of possibilities, right? We want to look at the bigger picture. We don't want to be Pollyanna. That's not what we really want either, but we want to know that there's something bigger at work in the world or in the universe, right? That there's some other reason why some of these things are happening. We want to become inspired and inspire others. These are the antidotes to the shadows, right? We focused on the shadow. If we want to go to the level of farsightedness or omniscience, we want to use the power of our mind to explore and expand into possibilities. What more is possible? We want to become inspired and we want to use that inspiration to inspire others. And we want to allow expansiveness. We don't want to shut down and become more narrow. So when the gate 17 is working in its highest and best, it is an expansive energy. It is in human design, the quantum human design called anticipation anticipation because it sees what might be coming down the road or what people might need or want in the future. And the future could be a week from now or a month from now or in September when this ends. And we prepare that, that. we prepare to go there, right? We, we prepare to do, to live in that expansive nature. So 
that's huge for all of us. And that also takes up Jupiter's retrograde station, which doesn't happen until later in July. So we've got a long period of time where our growth is going to become more internalized. We may have to look within. We may have to look within and see where it is that we've narrowed too much or where we got stuck in a thinking pattern that isn't of benefit to us, right? And so here is where I want to talk a minute about choice. I wanted to check the time. <coughs> in the work that I'm doing now in the Akashic Records, as we learn astrology and human design, and then go into the Akashic Records for your soul alignment, and then we realign your soul to what your original soul blueprint was, and we even explore the galactic heritage that you have or that you are, what we begin to see is the effect of what you might call karma, but what now I'm understanding are the choices that we made. So karma, and this is in you know preparation, but this is a, a Jupiter-Saturn chat we're having here, uh, because the next thing I'm going to go into is Saturn in retrograde, which is often, I said earlier, a karmic, has a karmic feel to it. But I want you to understand the concept of karma and that you aren't a victim of it, right? We are not victims of karma. That's old paradigm thinking. That's, you know, Piscean age thinking. We're moving out of Piscean and into Aquarian thinking. And that, re that means we have to look at these things in a new way, right? We have to look at this idea of karma. And when I'm thinking about karma now, I'm thinking about, well, what choice did I make? At the level of choice is where things go wrong, right? It's not, it's not that you couldn't do something or, you know, that somebody did something to you or all of that. The, the karma is in the choice that you made. The choice might have been to blow up your life. The choice could have been to open up your heart and love more your choices, right? And the choices that we make drive the karma, the balancing out of the choice. And really what I think of when I think of this is choose again, right? Karma is about choosing again, right? You might have to experience the results of the choices you've made in the past, maybe even choices that were made in other lifetimes that you don't even consciously have in your field of of expression yet, but you are always free to choose again. That's what free will is all about. That's what being, that's why we come to this planet, right? The reason we come here is so that we can exercise and learn about intention, free will, and choice, right? Choice is what it is all about. So you're not a victim. I'm just going to pick on, I'm not going to pick on people. I'm just going to pick on projectors for a minute, right? Projectors, when they first hear that they're projectors, and I tell them that they have to wait for invitations, that's how they make their best decisions is when they're invited into life. I can see the shutdown starting to happen because really they get this idea about how limited an invitation might be. And Yet, it's always going to be about choice, right? You can choose to keep entering into things willy-nilly and, and use your energy in a way that's undermining, you know, your ability to stay fresh and thrive and be, you know, energetic. Or you can follow your strategy, which is to wait for the invitation into the big things in life and find yourself following an, a path of ease and flow flowing with the going with the flow, flowing with the go, right? So it comes down to choice. And as far as karma, if you will, is concerned, that choice, let's say you choose to just keep going and doing things the way you've been doing them, and you're getting more tired, and you're getting close to burnout, you're creating anxiety, your body's breaking down, things are happening that you didn't expect to happen, um, blowing up, as it were, you know, things. And you, you can stop at that point and you can go, I see the choices that I'm making are not in support of who I am. At soul level, who am I? At energy level, who am I? Well, I'm a projector. And if I'm a projector, this is the way that I've been taught to do the right things for me. And now I can choose again, right? So karma is really 
at the effect of the choices we make. And you are always free to make another choice, right? I can continue. I can keep choosing. I can keep choosing to be busy and do all these things. Or I can choose to slow it down, choose the correct things for me, the things that really feel good to me or that really make me feel alive and maintain my energy, keep my energy field intact. So again, always choice, choice. So while I was I was out there this morning, um, actually a couple of different places, looking at what Saturn retrograde was all about. I wanted to get a feel for what people were saying out there about Saturn retrograde. And I didn't like what I was seeing. I did not like it. I did not like it because I don't, I did not hear one person or read one person's words that said that choice is at the bottom of everything that you do. So even if you're experiencing the, uh, what might be considered a negative reverberation from a choice you made while Saturn was in forward motion, the option that you have is to make a new choice. You're never the victim of the karma, right? So if you've been doing things a certain way and then you see that you could change, that, that, that nothing's worked out the way that you thought it would, then the karma might be to choose something new and not just keep going and going and beating your head up against the wall. The definition of insanity to keep doing things over and over the same way, but expecting a new result do something different. So I love that, Gala. Karma can be renewed every second and we can too. Exactly. And it's all based on choice. The choices you make. The choices you make to think a different thought. It could be that simple. The choice you have to set your beliefs aside and be a little bit more open-minded and open-hearted. The choice to stop running around like a chicken without your head and be more contemplative as you make decisions to the choice you make to see things from the higher perspective and all ways in your life. So now Saturn is turning retrograde at the gate 30. He's been in the gate 30, the gate of passion. And the passion at this gate is emotional. It's on the emotional center. It is the emotional connection that we have to what brings us joy, what brings us that excitement to share of ourselves with others, right? To share of our, our, our gifts with the world. And when we are living from our passion, it sustains us, right? We automatically begin to choose the things that support the passion. But I'll hear a lot of people tell me, well, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what is, what is passion? right? What is that? Well, if you have an opportunity then to discover what that is, that might happen during a Saturn retrograde, right? Because maybe you're saying to yourself, well, what am I passionate about? It, it's in the air. I hear people saying that to me all the time. Uh, I, I, I told, I think I told you guys on, no, I don't remember when we had this conversation, if we did, but I had my granddaughter and a couple of her friends here the other night, they're both, they're all around 19 years old, 18, 19. And somehow they were here to pick my brain about astrology for sure. So we were already having that kind of a conversation. And I said something to them about, well, what are you passionate about? What, what lights that fire within you? And they, of course, their youth, probably the cause of this, but they didn't know. But then they started thinking about it. Right. So then one of them is saying, well, I really love it when I'm outdoors and I'm, you know, on the beach or I'm, you know, doing physical um, exercises or, you know, exercising my body like, OK, that gives you a clue what you might be passionate about. Right. Maybe you're passionate about physical fitness. Maybe you're passionate about living in the physical world and making the physical world a better place. Maybe you're passionate about nature and earthiness and sensuality and all of that. Then another one's like, well, I'm really passionate about um, adventure, about going places and seeing new things. That's as easy as it is, right? To start you down the path of discovering what your passion is, right? Your passion might be about staying at home and taking care of the home, taking care of your kids or your family. That can be a passion. 
then do it, <laughs> right? Choose the things that align you with your passion. So maybe the choice or the karma in Saturn retrograde is going to bring us to the realization that during the months of Saturn in direct, we were not living our passion or that we were struggling with, well, what are we passionate about? Or maybe we were struggling with how do we change our lives to be more aligned with our passions? And now the retrograde also always brings us more internal. The process becomes much more internalized. So what do we have to change on the inside? What new choices do I have to make from the level of the mind or the level of the emotions to align with the level of heart? Heart, right? That's where your passion is. Even though it's in the emotional center, it's the emotion that aligns you with your heart. Um, in human design, we often talk about the heart center, which is the little will center and the emotional center being calibrated by one another. So the emotional center is telling you by what you're feeling about how aligned you are with what you're loving and what you're passionate about, what your uh, want, what what your soul you're aiming at your soul here. And so the emotional state that you're in will tell you how aligned or misaligned you are. So it's not like we don't know, right? It's not like we don't have any clue or anything that could, any tools that could clue us in to that either alignment or misalignment because it's right there in our emotions. It's right there in how you feel. It's right there in about your, how you feel and then what, how those feelings affect your thoughts. And then what you start thinking then is a feedback to the emotions, which can then either take you closer to your heart or take you further away from it. The karma here is all in the choice that you're going to make in those moments. In those moments, it's up to you. There is no hand of God down on top of you saying, you've been a bad girl, you've been a bad boy, and now you don't get what you want. No candy for you for Christmas, right? Coal only in your stocking. No, that doesn't happen. That is that that's doesn't happen. Let's X that out. What happens is you always have the choice. You always do. Always. And at the level of choice, you can choose again. And Saturn in retrograde is bringing us that. Now, the shadow of the uh, retrograde happening in the gate 30 is that of desire. And desire is the lowest energy here. If you look in the human design, or I mean, in uh, the gene keys, the lowest expression of this passion is desire because desire is clingy. Desire is cloying. Desire gets us caught up in and attached to an outcome and then takes us away from the joy of it. Because if it doesn't happen in exactly the way that we thought it was going to happen, then we fail to see the beauty in what has happened or what, what was the outcome. So from desire, sometimes if we don't see what we want coming, then we start to micromanage God or source or the universe and we leap into or in, into chaos, right? We can leap into a chaos, not waiting for the right timing, not following our type and our strategy. And we have then what we call misdirected passion. Right. So now I might just be like a manifesting generator who's meant to do this, uh, but I'm not meant to do this. And I'm throwing out spaghetti all over the place, trying to see what's going to stick and wasting my energy, my time, where if I had just waited with some patience, keeping focused on what my uh, passion is and took the steps that the universe showed me in every moment, choosing to stay with my passion until it manifests, then I would have avoided burnout or frustration or anger or the feeling of I never get what I want. Nothing good ever happens for me. So this is the, this is the energy that Saturn in retrograde will be bringing us. Choose again. Just choose again, right? Make another choice. Um, so, okay, hopefully everybody's taking that in and feeling that. Um, Erica, if you haven't gotten your soul alignment reading with Janet, do it. I highly suggest it. Uh, it's amazing. It's in soul realignment work is amazing too. It's just a little scarier for me to do that. It's very intense. 
it's very, uh, I think there's always a fear when we do something like a soul realignment, like maybe parts of us don't want to um, agree that the choices we made have brought us to this. <laughs> I think I, I, I feel like, you know, having to deliver some messages to people about the choices they've made might, you know, be greeted with upset or um, disbelief even. So, you know, your butt's out there a little bit on the line, but again, it all relates to the choices you've made. And don't you want to know what choices you've made that took you out of alignment with your beautiful soul, right? I do. I do. So I want to help you do that too, which is why I'm doing this work now. Uh, so JLo, my children think I mean when I tell them that. I tell them the power is in their hands. How does that mean? I don't get that. Um, they hold the cards. So you decide if you hold them or fold them to start over. Uh, I think... You know, a lot of um, a lot of that feeling that the that you're suggesting that your your girls or your your kids have comes from a world that has been teaching them to use only their logical mind, right? So it's not like they get a rounded education unless you're teaching them at home, and I'm not suggesting that even religious education. That's 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 not right either. I mean, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that, you know, you're focusing them uh, just as much on something, a limited viewpoint as the, you know, regular schools or public schools are focusing. We need something more holistic, right? That's, that's the key, right? The holistic view. Schools are teaching to the logical mind. They're teaching to the generators and manifesting generators. They're not necessarily teaching to the uh, projectors, the reflectors, or the manifestors. In fact, they don't even understand what that might look like. I think on some level, teachers, they go, yeah, like I have these different groups of kids in my class, but they, they can't teach to all of them separately. So they have to teach to the most number of people. And that, that's a limitation I find in our education system as it is. And there are some things that are changing in that system, but systems are slow to change. So then it comes, it becomes the parents' responsibilities then to teach the kids a more rounded way of being, looking at the world. Yet a lot of the parents are still in 4D thinking, right? A lot of parents out there haven't come into this 5D way of thinking yet, which is intentional, right? Intention, setting intention and living from intention instead of living from that more victim mind, living from a timeline that's, you know, ancient, old, so we, we need to bring that all into clarity for our kids. So keep doing that, JLo. You're doing it good. You're doing it right. And uh, Christine, uh, lots of people agreeing with that. Tom, the soul reading is deep, a real eye, heart, soul opener. I so agree. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's really amazing. And I will, I've not had an experience yet with someone that I've done a soul reading, a soul alignment reading with that said, no, that's not me. It's almost like that, that there's this, oh, of course, that's who I am. Like I, now I'm aligned with that. Now I know who I am. And now I can start to choose to live in alignment with that rather than making choices that have pulled me away from it. But of course, there's still the, that, that, part of you in this lifetime and other lifetimes that have chosen things that might have taken you away from it. And that's what we attempt to work through in the soul realignment, really literally changing your soul record um, to reflect that you are making a new choice, that I'm now choosing to live from the highest possibility of who I am. And uh, things change. The impact is huge. Another cat in my house. Uh, so, okay. Uh, now, the last thing for June, as we are winding down our show here this morning, is Neptune, also turning retrograde in June. And I usually love, I, I love the idea of Neptune retrograde. It seems like, and this may be really helpful with Saturn in retrograde, that we become more intuitive. We become more inner focus, like we're hearing the voice of spirit more loudly when Neptune turns retrograde, we're more willing and able perhaps to, to see the more spiritual side of things. So Neptune doesn't turn retrograde until the 27th of June, 
So we've got pretty much the whole month still with Neptune in forward motion. But during the retrograde, we get to tap into the deeper parts of ourselves easier than usual, right? If there's not as much noise, perhaps, or when we choose to move into the more contemplative, meditative space, we get there easier, right? It's an easier way for us to get there. But I'm a little concerned about this one because it is also on the emotional center and Neptune is at the gate 36 and that shadow energy there is turbulence. It has a boredom that happens to it and out of boredom that leaps into or out of things, uh, that restless energy. I've, I've felt this energy in, in my life over the last couple of months while Neptune has been sitting here. And it's vague. It's hard to pin down, such as the case of Neptune anyway. And many times I, I've just had this feeling inside like uh, of restlessness. I don't know how else to, to put it that like I'm almost waiting for something to happen. Uh, sometimes you might say like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, and, and it can create turbulence in life because some people don't like that feeling. It's hard to sit with that feeling. It's hard to sit with that emotion of turbulence or of chaos or of boredom or of restlessness and not do something, right? <laughs> what do we usually do with that kind of energy? Well, in the shadow of it, what we do is we impact our life by jumping into or out of things that we think are going to make us feel better. A lot of times there's the this energy of going out and doing dangerous things even. Uh, just for the experience of it without being re prepared for it. So if we're going to make big changes in our lives, we have to actually prepare. That might be another Saturn influence on Neptune here as well. And then that leaping from opportunity to opportunity or from next big thrill to next big thrill is undermining our energy. And then it is also are not waiting for the right timing for the next experience to happen or for the right next experience to happen. And then the experience falls short of our expectations. And then that can throw us back into that turbulence, trying to chase the next big feel, right? The next big feel good or the next big experience in its highest and uh, best. This is energy that takes us into experiences of growth and of expansion that are based in spirit because this is Neptune, right? So spiritual transcendence maybe, or even a spiritual transformation of sort. And it's interesting because Neptune right now is sitting at the gate 36 and in human design starting yesterday, I think it was the second, the sun is now at the gate 35, which is on the throat center. And the throat center is the center for our metabolism, for our manifesting ability, and for speaking, communication, right? Listening and communication and all of the things that we manifest and our metabolism, our ability to take in life and use it for our, our energy is moderated by the throat. So now we have the sun at the gate 35, which is exactly opposite of the gate 36. So now is a prime time for us to take a look at our life's experiences and put it into proper perspective for ourselves right? What does it mean for me to have this experience? And how do I want to share that with the world, right? How do I want to share all of the things that have happened uh, in, in, in that have led me to where I am? Because the experience here is meant to be opening up other people to wanting to share their experiences. But sometimes we get really jaded when the sun is at the gate 35, the lowest expression of the sun here is jadedness and that can play into that turbulence with Neptune at the other end. So the whole channel is a channel I think that is called transitoriness where there's a lot of need to want to experience new things, which can then, if we're not following our type and our strategy can lead us to be leaping into and out of things. So it's complicated a little bit more by the sun being at the other end. And then the earth in this week sitting at the gate five, which is actually on the sacral center, 
the sacral is the engine, the mighty engine of our, our energy centers. It's always on. It's always humming. It acts in response to opportunities that are showing up in the outer world, not from the inner world. And we may be caught up in old patterns because the gate five is about rhythm and structure and patterns and habits, routines. So on one hand, maybe just varying up a routine a little bit can satisfy the, the restlessness and the boredom that might be uh, brewing with turbulence with gate 36. And you could share your experience of how just one little thing changed your whole outlook, right? So instead of just, you know, being depressed and sitting around in a corner and not doing anything, go take a walk, go to a park you've never been to explore, right? So we have this opportunity to change up our experience and then share with others, not from the jaded point of view, but from the highest point of view of what it meant to have this new experience. So whew, I got all that out. Now I want to do a card reading. I do, I do, I do. And um, one of the card readings, of course, I always love is to do a, an animal one. But I'm also thinking we need some Mayan wisdom today. So, or for the weekend. And let's do an animal. Let's do an animal. Let's do the animal as a guide for the month of June. So I'm setting the intention as I'm scrambling up the cards, apparently. Um, to pull a card that an animal that will represent what the highest in best of June will be, what to guide us through this month. And interesting, I got armadillo. I don't think we've ever had this one. Armadillo spirit says set healthy boundaries and armadillo was upside down. So he's in protection. So he's also card number three and three is a number of creativity tendency to scatter energy. It's also mind oriented. Uh, I always think of the third house in your astrology chart is the house of the mind and communication. The number three always reminds me of Mercury, Mercury, the planet that rules the third house in astrology. Um, and let's see what this has to say to us for the month of June. This is a tricky time as you may find yourself enmeshed with others, overly concerned with how they will take it. If you say no, or express how you really feel. Do you feel anxious saying no to someone so you capitulate, even knowing the outcome will not be in your best interest? Do you feel like it's your job to stop someone from facing their challenges? Instead, you might take on their responsibilities, rescuing them instead of giving them the freedom to learn their lessons their way. Perhaps you feel that if they only knew how much you cared, they would change and then all would be well. Armadillo spirit asks you to be honest with yourself and others, no matter how difficult that may be, or how much you may fear losing someone or something. Face your fear. Tell the truth. Set your boundaries. You will be amazed at the miracles that happen when you let armadillo spirit protect you from taking on too much, becoming a people pleaser, and losing your integrity. Another message of protection from armadillo spirit is to relax, live, and let live. If you or someone else is being defensive, you are called to step back and trust in spirit's plan. Armadillo, cute little face. All right, armadillo. Now we're going to pull a Mayan card and the Mayan oracle is going to be the card for the weekend. Woo. Maybe we can make this a way to see ourselves in uh, the weekends change in Saturn. So maybe we can use it for Saturn wisdom. Ooh. Saturn wisdom is eek. Eek in the Mayan calendar is the uh, same as breathing energy in the Pleiadian uh, earth energy. It is all about ideas and possibilities. I love eek. So let's read about eek. And is Eek is the second um, energy that comes in after, you know, the, the energy of the creative, right? The nurturing energy of birth. Then we get the spreading of that energy through the world with Eek. So after uh, uh, Emish, which is the root or the beginning of something, 
We have eek, which is air or wind. It is spirit, breath, wind, inspiration, presence, truth, co-creator of reality, simplicity, unseen forces, integration of polarities, focused intent, and its symbol is the spiral or the whirlwind or hawk, hawk energy. Its shadow wisdom is choosing to see oneself as a victim rather than taking responsibility for creating one's reality, doubting your connection to divinity, issues of separation, and thinking you are separate from spirit. But the shadow transformation comes with learning to sense and experience your connection with the divine by acting on inspiration as it comes to you. And let's see what else it says here. The unbridled bird knows freedom by soaring on the updraft. And it says, open to the breath of spirit so that you can be guided and inspired. Sounds kind of Leo-ish too. Awaken to the unseen that already infuses your experience. Amidst the seeming complexity, simply stop and breathe. Simplify, slow down. Grasping and holding on will only slow your growth process. Move in honesty and truth. Consider whether your choices derive from the movement of spirit or from the constriction of unconscious beliefs and limiting definitions. That's definitely sounding like Jupiter at gate 17. Be as guileless and spontaneous as the wind. Move with the currents of change that are being offered. Embrace the unseen forces that move to guide, inspire, and assist you. You're being quickened. Remember that you and spirit are co-creating your reality. Be inspired. Know that your heart's dreams are animated by the presence of the divine breath. Stop for a moment and feel this presence. Presence is the potent indwelling of spirit within you. Be open, aware, and present. By simply being, your true identity and presence emanate naturally. In your present situation, allow yourself to be seen as you truly are. You are being asked to be aware of the polarities within you, to create a unified field of your full presence. There is tremendous power in the recognition of your wholeness. Open in this moment to the vitalizing currents of spiritus that flows through it. Gotta love that one. Eek, eek, and armadillo are two little friends that take us through the weekend and offer up some wisdom for the month of June as well. All right, guys, that is it for me. Thank you so much for being here this morning and hanging in here until the end. Don't forget, like, subscribe, thumbs up. All those things get you an entry into a pool of people that I will choose for a free reading on June 17th. Take care, everybody.